It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Off we go. It's a Monday edition here of SportsX Radio coming live, 101.5 FM, K-Don, Las Vegas, the talk of Las Vegas. Also streaming live on the World Wide Web at Odyssey at the app as well, too. Ken Thompson off tonight. So Chris Wynn in the house along with uh, from Unabated. Uh, Thomas Viola joining us as live, too. And, of course, uh, our producer extraordinaire and fine host of uh, the Mark Hoke Show on the weekends. We talk about the premier talk show when it comes to professional wrestling right here on KDOD on Sundays, 8 to 10 a.m. Mark Hoke also co-hosting the show as well, too, as uh, we get things rolling. A loaded slate across the board, gentlemen, when it comes to the sports scene. NBA, we've got uh, even about 10 games in the, in the association going on right now. Of course, uh, uh, college basketball action as well, too. And uh, also some, uh, some hockey on the slate also in the NHL. Of course, uh, Monday Night Football, you've got the Eagles. Mark Hoke's Eagles taking out the Seattle Seahawks up there in Washington in the Pacific Northwest right now. Eagles 10 nothing, the lead in that matchup up there. But uh, always great to spend some time with uh, Thomas Viola and Mark Hoke. Gentlemen. How are we doing today on a Monday? Hey, it is great to be here with you, C. Wynn. I'm so glad. Uh, thanks for the text this morning saying, hey, would you mind coming in and hopping on with me? I'd absolutely love to. It's been it's been a minute since I've been in here, and wow, we really shortened down that intro. We did, didn't we? It yeah. was uh, it, it, usually yeah. It's not a, it's not a bad thing when we get a little TV, a little C. Win, <laughs> and some Mark Hoke banter. Uh, Mr. Hoke, uh, of course. Uh, uh, eventful weekend. By the way, I caught this uh, this North Dakota State game the other day oh, in basketball. Oh. Wait a oh, minute, basketball. it was like the Sisters of the Poor, yeah. Wesley and Christian, or whoever it was. What oh. was it? A ninety-something point win, Mister Hoke? Oh Talk yeah, to me. yeah, that Oak Hill Christian game. And there it is. Yeah. Did you see the highlights from that game? I did because it was <laughs> it popped up on my. I guess it was on my algorithm, right, guys? When it comes to uh, yeah. X slash Twitter. And that's and I immediately obviously I think of the hoaxster, right? That's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Well, they, that was crazy. Well, they they go around and they they've been doing that for decades. That they go around and they play all those schools that are up in like the North Dakota, South Dakota yeah. area. You know, that's just kind of a courtesy for them. They've they've been doing that for years, so they they've rotated through all the. I think I can't remember that. I think that might have been the first time they played them though. Yeah, because I, I don't what, remember. I don't remember playing them before. As somebody who did go to a Division three school, we actually did have opportunities to play Division one teams. We did play played Holy Cross, played some of these teams, and it was kind of like you know, it was kind of like the beginning of the season. I don't even know if they actually counted these games because they're playing against you know uh, Framingham State as a Division three school. But uh, yeah, I did. See, I did catch those highlights. That was interesting. But. Yeah. Uh, Mark, your team on display tonight, obviously, in Monday Night Football. A uh, lot of uh, uncertainty kind of surrounding this game, right? Obviously, with the injuries uh, with both the Seahawks and the Eagles, both these teams kind of struggling as of late. And uh, right now, Philadelphia on top in this tilt with uh, Seattle. They are. Yeah. It's, it's like going to stay that way. 
It was like an NBA game going into it with the no idea who was going to play quarterback exactly. for either team. Jalen Hurts comes out, decides to give it a go, even though he's definitely under the weather. But Geno Smith dealing with a groin injury. They they trotted him out there for mm-hmm. warm ups. They trotted him out like, oh, he's active. He might play. Nope, it's the Drew Locke show tonight, and the Eagles are up ten nothing. But Seahawks are driving. Oh, Seahawks just broke off a long one there to get down to the 25. And we're coming to you live here from the PSBR Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. Fabulous Las Vegas. And uh, it's the top of the show here on SportsX Radio. What does that mean? The starting five. Now, the starting five. Number one. Sad news, guys, out of uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Former star at UNC. With the Tar Heels, uh, at a very young age of 52 years old, Eric Montross passes away after a battle with cancer. Uh, Montross, of course, uh, started North Carolina in the early 90s. Of course, everybody uh, that uh, was you know following college basketball back then remembers that national championship that they won in 93. That was the game, of course, that Chris Weber called the timeout when they didn't have a timeout. That game is famous for that, obviously. And uh, he went on to a solid career in the NBA as well, too. But uh, unfortunately, he has had a battle with cancer. Look, all of us in the studio, as well as all of you out there, when it comes to SportsX Radio, of course, dealt with cancer uh, in some way, shape, or form, right? With people that you've known, your family, your friends, and beyond. And so it's always uh, distressing and disheartening to hear the news that, uh, that came out of Chapel Hill. He's been a fixture, really, in that community uh, for, for, the, for the better part of a decade plus as the radio guy with the North Carolina Tar Heels. So sad news that uh, Eric Montross has passed away at the age of 52. Number two. I've got a couple pops on these tonight, Chris Wynn, and I'm going to be discussing heartbreak. Some for me and some for, well, some people that should have been expecting it out there, Chris Wynn. What can I say? (laughs) What can I say? I told you so. The minute... The hopes and dreams of the Dallas Cowboy fans are elevated to new heights. Boom. Bam. Crash. Kerplunk. Kerplow. Kerplooey. You have to play a tough road game. See you later. The boys from Buffalo blow out the cowgirls. They put the skirts back on just like they do and like the Red Sox did for years and years. Yesterday, they broke your hearts. It's a little just, bit different, right, Mark? Coke just, and Thomas Viola when you're not playing in the friendly confines that are, you know, the stadium there in Dallas. Cherry and uh, you're going on the road up to western New York in that atmosphere in Buffalo, outdoors, elements, and those fans, it's a different thing, right, Marco? Just welcome back to the wild card round. Welcome back to the road. And like I said at the beginning of the season, you'll probably win your first game when you beat the team from the AFC South, and then you'll be off to Philly or you'll be off to San Fran, and then you'll be off for the season Way to go, cowgirls! No, they won't. Nighty night. No, they won't. Game over. They're going to lose to that NFC South team. That's the most Cowboys thing. Oh, Tom Viola getting in an extra step. Baker Mayfield is going to win that game. I guarantee. I can't wait to talk about Baker. By the way, later in the show, it's going to be good stuff. Oh, Tom, welcome back. (laughs) Number three. 
So we've heard this story on occasion, gentlemen, when, especially when it comes to NHL players, right? Getting into Canada, the situation with Bob Probert back in the 90s when he had some uh, legal issues, let's put it that way. And so it wasn't so easy for players to get back and forth from the United States to Canada. Well, Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges was denied entrance to Canada due to his past legal problems, and problems, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, and he missed tonight's game against the Toronto Raptors. Apparently, Bridges, who pleaded no contest to a felony charge of injuring a child's parent, was denied access to the country yesterday. The Hornets ruled him out around an hour before tip-off, saying that he was not with the team. Now, Steve Clifford, the coach of the Hornets, would not comment to do the reasons for Bridges' absence when he spoke to reporters pregame, uh, but but he said he wasn't going to comment, but then he kind of commented, saying, Oops. look, the only thing I'm going to say is not a thousand or Nathan uh, Mensa, uh, former you know San Diego State Aztec, by the way, uh, will be will be here with us tonight. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, apparently, Bridges is serving three years probation after pleading no contest in exchange for no jail, jail time at a 2022 domestic violence case involving the mother of his two children, but uh, yeah, like I, I immediately think, right, guys, I think of Bob Probert, the situation that he had to deal with where, you know, <laughs> when you're having issues when it comes to uh, controlled substances and things going on, it can be problematic to be able to uh, get back and forth from uh, the great white north and here in the United States of America. You know, I mean, I simply wouldn't uh, commit domestic violence. Right. I feel like that, that that solves you a lot of problems there. No question about it, right? Mm-hmm. It goes without saying. Number four. Okay, so I threw salt in wound. I'm going to throw some in mind. In mind because I got my heart broken over the weekend. The FCS playoffs. <laughs> my bison. <laughs> Look. After South Dakota State got a vacation on their side of the bracket, and my team got completely misseeded, <sighs> we beat Montana State in, out there, gave up a punt return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Same dude caught a touchdown in the first overtime and <laughs> threw for a two point conversion. We got picked off on our uh, two point conversion. And NDSU falls to Montana in Missoula, 31-29 to in the FCS semifinals. So it's going to be the Jackie Jackie Jackrabbits taking on Montana for the FCS championship. But never fear, right, Marco? Because you guys are a program that tends to be there year in and year out, right? This is not something that's going to be, you know, it's, uh, it's foreign to you. You're, you're going to be able to bounce back. It's all going to be fine, Mr. Hoke. When well, it comes to your alma mater, but but real quick on that, there's two yeah. things. There's two lessons, two things to keep in mind for everybody following like the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Number one, and and in, and the FBS. Number one, everybody better watch how brackets get made because now the brackets expand in the FBS, mm-hmm. and if they do a job like they've done the past few years in the FCS, get ready for everybody to be pitching some fits because. This year especially sucked. So be ready for that selection Sunday nightmare. And the other the other issue is, you know, it, it may be time for a lot of these teams to come up and join the Mountain West, given what happened to the Pac-12. I think it's time. I really do for the South Dakota, North Dakota teams and the Montana teams to join the Mountain West, 
get Oregon State and Washington State in there and make what would be the best non-Power 5 conference. I really do. I think I th- there's no competition left down there for these guys. So, just a thought. Just a thought. Number five. Speaking of Power 5, of course, uh, LSU is going to have a different signal caller, folks, when it comes to their bowl game coming up in uh, just a matter of days. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, 2023 Heisman Trophy winner, headed to the NFL Draft. And we'll skip the Tigers' upcoming bowl game. Now, Daniels, of course, spent two seasons in LSU after transferring from Arizona State. Uh, announced the departure today on social media. Uh, Big-time passing yards, a ton of touchdowns. Obviously won the Heisman Trophy over Michael Penix Jr., who was his main competition when it came to that. But uh, uh, Daniels ranked as the third-best quarterback prospect by Mel Kuyper and company over there at ESPN. And is uh, the number four uh, is projected uh, to be the number four overall pick on the draft board. Uh, obviously, he's a uh, tremendous talent, right, for LSU. And uh, we've kind of seen this kind of take place, right, guys, when it comes to big-time players with prospects to play on Sundays when, uh, you know, there is the injury concern and you're looking, you know, forward to your next day and uh, your next opportunity. So not really a shocker, right, that Jane Daniels would make this decision. Yeah, no question at all. Like, this is what you expect to happen in this day and age. You're not playing for the national championship. The bowl game is a glorified exhibition mm-hmm. game. Don't risk your NFL career. Yeah, guy, is it, you know, is it time to, even, you know, even consider, you know, the bracket's only 12 teams, you know, but the FCS bracket is 24. Is it time to maybe just make it a 24-team bracket and get rid of some of these bowl games. I mean, these bowl games are a joke now. I will give you a hundred dollars right now if you can name twenty-four teams in college football that deserve to be in a playoff for a national title. Well, that's that. That's the question. No, you know, do you have when you restructure? I think things need to be totally restructured at this point. Now, will I agree with you? Yeah, but at the same time, man, these bowls are going to—they're terrible. Who cares? They're I mean, terrible. The bulls are just to sell ad revenue at this point. All but it, it is but is it, extra but, TV but that's money. the thing. It's all a, it's all a money grab at this point. Everything's so why a money not grab send, in sports. So why not send? Point. I mean, it's the same thing with the NCAA basketball tournament. You don't have twenty four teams that are going to win the national championship. No, but the NCAA tournament's actually fun. Nobody wants to see Alabama going up against North Dakota State. I don't know. I do. No. But the, the, the other thing here, the other thing here is, I agree, we should restructure it, yeah. get rid of the playoff, make it to BCS again, and only pick two teams. Well, here's the deal, though. They're trying to use the bowl structure in the way with the playoff, right? So, to Mark's point, bringing in 24 teams, you're basically going to try to implement all the bowls into the playoff, right? That's what would end up it, it's happening. Time, it's time for it to die. Wait a minute. Time out, Mr. Viola and Mr. Hoke. You guys weren't in, you guys weren't wired in on all things Myrtle Beach Bowl over the weekend. First and, off, uh, the I Florida was. A&M Cricket Celebration Bowl against Howard. Was, and, of course, tonight, hey, we had a tilt gentleman. It was you know, awesome. Hilltop, Tonight's Hilltoppers overtime. Hilltoppers overtime. Yeah. ODU, 38-35, but, uh, man. Well, well, Mark, Come I on now. Here because we're getting great games out of this. Yes. The only yeah. crime is that we didn't get the bowl game. We, we didn't get the national championship we deserved. And and that was Iowa versus USC. There it is, baby. Like, come on. I wanted to <laughs> but, see that There it game. is. By the way, real quick, that yeah. was a starting five. Now, now back to the argument. That's but it. but you know what? You may get those games in early rounds as opposed to— No, because the other thing is you can't— and, and you, 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 It's not like basketball where you can play two games in a weekend. A 2014 playoff, think about how long you're extending that season. They do it in the other levels. Division, division, division three is thirty-two. 
which is insane. You got to find a way to work it out where you have. It's basically the four week, right? It's a month of the playoff, and we're and make sure that it's in that structure some way in December. Look, right? going into going into January, and that's how you do it. Look, they're going to twelve. Uh, I don't know if tw- twenty four seems like a lot, Mark. I got to be honest. It there's seem not like twenty four. There's not even yeah, twelve. Like, it, teams it just that seems like to be too in. much. And look, I get the whole argument of well, if there's twelve, then thirteen and fourteen are going to be pissed because they're not in. You watch. And if it's twenty four, then twenty five and twenty six. You watch. Find it's going to be. It's going to be twenty four teams. That. You yeah. know what I mean? Though it, down the road yes. will be twenty four teams. Yeah. No, because they're going to no, no, realize. I challenge that notion, and the yeah. reason that I challenge that notion is because easy with the equipment there, Tom. That wasn't me. That was Chris. No, you're grabbing the bracket there too. You. You're swinging around. You're turning at me. I'm glad there's glassy. It's passion all over the place. That's Tom, how. That's how he Tom's rolls. Tom's gonna kick. Tom's gonna yeah. kick, and then and then I'm gonna like fake a punch. He's gonna fall down. There is no there's way. Gonna be a lawsuit. There is no way. <laughs> Michigan, Alabama, Ohio. There is no way the big teams that are actually competing for a title are gonna say, "Oh yeah, we want to play a first round matchup and, and, against Maryland." And you know exactly what? Right. And, and you know what? But you know what? We'll make them do it. A big fat check. Just like it did to get USC into the Big Ten, to get Arizona into the Big Twelve, and get Stanford going across the country to go play uh, to go play North Carolina. Listen, I the money is the motivation now. That's all they care about. If you think money was the motivating factor behind reigniting the age-old rivalry of Cal and Rutgers, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. You're just too jaded for me to have an argument. Sorry, at this point, it's the truth. But no, I don't think that they go to 24 teams. I mean, the reality is 12 is too many. Mm-hmm. Six, yeah. You give two teams buys, I could take that. Yeah. Six te- like, like There are six teams that should have been in it this year, as we saw. My, my other thing about it, and again, I know that we're expanding. We'll never, de- we'll never shrink. Mm-hmm. It'll never shrink. But we're, uh, college football is the most meaningful regular season in sports. Yeah. Now, no longer the case. That Ohio State-Michigan game, amazing game. Does it really still have – I get that it's still Ohio State-Michigan. It's always going to be a classic, but it's just so much better when it's a trip to the playoff on the line versus one team's now going to be the one seed and one team's going to be the five seed. It's done. Yeah. It's done. I'm aware it's, it's done. I'm just done. lamenting it at this and, point. And, and look, there's going to be – and I'm going to tell you something, that there's going to be a revolt with all those schools outside of the, the power four. Yeah. And they're going to be like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. And it is you power know? four at this point. The Florida State thing proved that. This was riveting stuff, gentlemen, in the uh, famous Toastery Bowl tonight as uh, Velcamp, Velcamp goes for five touchdown passes and almost 400 yards passing as Western Kentucky gets the W. So we'll see how it shakes Jeez, out. Yeah. But uh, let's take our first break. Uh, on the other side of the timeout, gentlemen, got some storylines in the NFL. i got to bounce off of you and uh, always engage with us on social media across the board, folks. I'm at Christian Wynn on X, formerly Twitter. Thomas Viola TV at work there as well, too. And the Mark Hoke Show also on X slash Twitter. And I have a story to tell, by the way. I, get, I was getting to tell Tom but at some point in the show. I did something really, really cool this weekend, Chris Wynn. So Hoke is putting us on the edge of our seats, folks, as we set get set to go to this first time out. It's Sports X Radio coming live on a Monday. Chris Wynn, Thomas Viola, Mark Hoke in for Kent Thompson. And uh, we'll be right back after this quick message.
Sports Action Radio coming live on a big Monday. Chris Wynn, Thomas Viola, Mark Hoke in for Ken Thompson here live from Las Vegas, 101.5 FM. And you can find us streaming on the World Wide Web at Odyssey here, the talk of Las Vegas. As, uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on in the world of sports. Of course, Monday Night Football going on right now. The Seahawks on the board. They get a field goal up there in the Pacific Northwest. Now 10-3, Philadelphia on top of Seattle in a matchup of two teams that uh, uh, kind of looking to get back on track, right? I mean, the Eagles uh, had a little bit of adversity here the last few weeks. Seattle obviously has to as well. Actually, the Seahawks kind of you know playing themselves out, really, of, uh, of the playoff picture when it comes to the NFC. But uh, this is a NFL week, gentlemen, that uh, started obviously with the Raiders getting a big-time win over the Chargers on Thursday night. It led to the uh, dismissal, essentially, of... Uh, Brandon Staley, I guess you could call it the uh, you could call it you could call it basically the straw that broke the camel's back, the merciful right? end. Exactly <laughs> when it came to Brandon Staley uh, being ousted as the coach in uh, Los Angeles, but uh, and now it's it, it seems like a longer week because that game it felt like it was you know two months ago, and then of course you got Monday Night Football tonight with Mark Hoke's boys on display. I, I haven't seen a team truly quit, like blatantly mm-hmm. quit, yeah. so early in a game. Like that Chargers team did. Yeah. They they were done five minutes in. Easton didn't quit. Easton didn't quit, but he's playing for a potential backup job one day. Everybody else <laughs> quit. I felt so bad for Easton. Of course, yeah, it, was rough. And of it, course. Is, it is rough, right, guys? When you have players and talking heads going on television, you know, right after that game, and then, of course, on Friday, saying exactly what Thomas just said, Mark, that, you know, you had NFL players that were visibly checking out in that game. And, and the effort was not there. No. That's not a good thing, right? I mean, look, we all saw the writing on the wall when it came to Staley. We kind of, we all, I mean, you'd have, to, you'd have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that his days were numbered as the coach of the Chargers. But still, to have, you know, you know prominent former NFL players that are all over the media now and, you know, across the board in the lexicon talking about that game, it was, it was rough to see. No, that, and, yeah. you know, I, I, I said he should have been fired. Two years ago, after that that debacle, mm-hmm. yeah. when they looked, gave up the playoff spot. I mean, that was just stupid. And then he should have been fired the next year when they made the playoffs and had that debacle. Yeah, it yeah. just the whole thing didn't make sense, and just the, a lot of those questionable decisions. You, you can't coach from a chart. You know that twenty years of coaching. He's not. You, you can't. He's not coaching from a chart. That's the problem. He wowed everybody when he came in. Everybody was like, oh, he's a coach that actually believes in analytics and he's doing all that. The instant it didn't work once, he threw it out the window and stopped doing that. Like, he wasn't an analytics darling by the, end of the, by the end of his coaching tenure. He threw that out the window ages ago. And how about those comments that he made after the game where he's, kind, he's trying to almost wax poetic about the reasons why he should keep the job talking about how you know i i believe i believe in my coaching philosophy and i think that it it has essentially throwing his players under the bus right guys that's what he did in that in that post game press conference and then of course it was rather ironic that just a matter of hours later he's out the door as the head coach as well as the general manager as well too but uh uh, Vegas, by the way, guys, a place where coaches come to die, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's a situation when it comes to, obviously, uh, you know, Brandon Staley, Vegas Golden Knights game, okay? Last night, the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, get blasted by the VGK, 6-3 the final in that tilt. Uh, they're covering the game. They, they let their head coach go this morning, 
yeah. in, in Ottawa. So if you're a coach and uh, you're struggling a little bit, Vegas <laughs> is not a place you, you want know, to come. I'm just I'm just picturing yeah. how how this goes here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just kind of sitting around and, they, and a really bad game happens, and the owner's just sitting around with his wife and a couple of buddies. Oh my god! Ah, at the roulette table and you got a got a big bottle of Carvassier. <laughs> ah, it's just. You know what? You're right, honey. Fire guy! Yeah! Fire him! I'm picturing him at the table. Hoaxter, I'm picturing him at the table. He's got the the snifter going, like the oversized (laughs) snifter. And uh, whacking back a little, cor- you know, Corvassier, and I- I can think- and then he's going to get a phone call in about three hours that uh, you no longer uh, are, your services are no longer needed. I, I can so. think of a lot worse places to be left on the top. Exactly. See, if, them, yeah. if they were yeah. up in Ottawa, mm-hmm. they'd be saying, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. Maybe we should be. Uh, let's take a little time and just, uh, you know, meander a boot and think about it. No, no, no. In Vegas is like, get him out. And bounce it back to that uh, the Raiders Chargers game. Obviously, Raiders offensive uh, production outstanding. And by the way, in hour number two, we'll be joined by Kevin Bollinger from Fox Five here in Las Vegas, covers the Raiders. Uh, we'll get the kind of you know the Las Vegas Raider perspective from him and kind of talk about that. But uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was it was rough sledding. Let's put it that way for all things Chargers on Thursday. Obviously, a lot of marquee guy games yesterday, gentlemen. When it comes to the National Football League. We kind of touched on it in the starting five, a game that uh, everybody had their eyes on because there was implications in both the AFC as well as the NFC. Of course, I'm talking about that uh, matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. Um, Dallas, one of the best teams in the NFC, you know, not necessarily something to debate about. They are. But uh, this is a team that has been uh, impressive as all get out without, when, when it comes to uh, their games, particularly at home, right? And uh, that's why they've been able to kind of maintain themselves as one of the top probably three or four teams in the NFC, but it was uh, it was absolutely rough as they uh, took on a Buffalo Bills team that, gentlemen, uh, had their backs against the wall. Uh, there's really no room for error when it, co- when it comes to the Buffalo Bills and, uh, you know, the final few weeks until the regular season ends, and it was uh, pretty impressive to see what Buffalo was able to do, uh, uh, particularly from an offensive standpoint, against that Dallas Cowboys team. I, I mean... There's no such thing as free money. Mm-hmm. That Bills minus two was pretty close to it, though. Yeah. There was no way Dallas was going up there and winning that football. I thought they would keep it closer, yeah. but they just completely rolled over. But, I mean, it's not like they weren't already known as one of the most fraudulent teams in the league. Like Off the top of my head, the teams that are the biggest frauds that I can think of, you got the Dolphins that are up there. They can't beat, they can't beat anybody who's good. They try, and they look flashy, and I hope that they do it in the playoffs because I have a Dolphins future ticket, but so far they feel a lot like frauds to me. The other two, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Like they, These are not good football teams right now. Oh, shots across the bow here, Mr. Hope. Wow. Uh, but You're to up Thomas, 10-3 at the half the, to Drew Locke. But here's the deal. To, to Thomas's point, right, 
Buffalo, I mean, but you got to give credit where credit's due, right? I mean, the oh, Buffalo yeah. Bills, uh, I mean, that running game, I mean, you're talking about James Cook. Well, you want to talk about a coming out party? I mean, it's not really a coming out party. We all know James Cook is a pretty good, solid player. But it's huge that but they was, had that But he was unbelievable. I mean, there... over 200 yards on the ground, the guy was just unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, they get touchdowns from Latavius Murray in the, you know, in the first quarter, and then you got, you, you got, you know, Josh Allen rushing for touchdowns, and it was, uh, it was basically getting boat raced when you're talking about Dallas yeah. in this game. But I mean, uh, the, the fact, yeah, that the I don't, Bills... I don't. But, but Thomas, I think I'd push back a little bit with you. I don't know if Dallas is necessarily a fraud, but they're going to run into issues if you're going to be playing against some quality teams, especially come playoff time, and you're not playing in the friendly confines of, uh, you know, of the of the of the stadium there in Dallas. It I, might. It, it's going to be a difficult type of situation. I mean, I mean, normally what I'd say is, well, guess what? You're going to be playing quality teams in the playoffs. But quite mm-hmm. frankly, looking at the NFC playoff picture. Unless you run into the 49ers, you're not playing a quality team. Yeah. They, there's oh, there's no a shot one, at your team, too. There. There's no there's no one good on the NFC We haven't even started with them yet. Like, yeah, but, like, they, they, I get Thomas's point. Yeah. yeah. And and for the Bills, just one thing there. That's This is the first time the Bills have had a running game. Over the course of this window that they've had, especially the last couple of years, this is the first time that they're able to actually play that physical ball. The mm-hmm. defense has been overcoming the injuries. They've been playing a lot better against tough quarterbacks the last several weeks. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Buffalo. I took them three to one yesterday before the mm-hmm. game to win the division because that's actually the easier path for them. That game against Miami in Week 18 is going to be huge, and I think that they can go down there and win that for sure. But, but as far as the Cowboys, like the good news is, yeah, in the first round you're you're probably the five seed, so you're playing the NFC South. It is the Cowboys, so they're going to lose to Baker Mayfield. But assuming that you win that game, which you should, because it's the NFC South, you're going to go on to play who? Maybe you'll get the Eagles in the second round. Who would be the three seed if you'd play them? Uh, probably Detroit. Detroit. Well, yeah. not three. Oh, Detroit could be. If Detroit they, if could they, be. Who? Detroit. If they play well the rest of the season, but well, if they play well, they got to start showing that soon. Yeah. Jared Goff's got to stop being terrible. Oh well, he actually did show out on Saturday he night. But, he did. Uh, he, but he's, they're they're finally showing those signs, and like every team yeah. this season has had a skid, mm-hmm. and the Lions are very clearly coming out of their skid right now, mm-hmm. and that's the good thing because you don't want to be skidding in three weeks. Get it out now. But oof, it, it's tough for me to look at any team in the NFC side that's not the 49ers and say, yeah, they can win the Super Bowl. Okay, Mark Oak, i got to talk to an Eagles fan about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure you're going to have some interesting things to say, right? They obviously uh, knock off your boys 33-13 in that matchup. last. And, you know, Dak Prescott looks like an MVP. You love what they have when it comes to CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and these guys, right? Obviously, Pollard in the backfield, uh, along with the other guy who I had on my fantasy team and I dropped him because he hasn't done anything. But, uh, you know, a loss like this, I mean, are, are we buying into this? Uh, uh, idea that the Cowboys are some type of fraud when it comes to uh, this squad? They are an inc- one, number one, they are an incredibly different team on the road than they are at home. Mm-hmm. If you look at the stats, it's massive. And the problem is that if they they didn't win the division, they were pretty much condemned to going on the road. They're going to have to go to Philly or go to San Francisco to win a playoff game to get to the Super Bowl. Not happening. And, I mean, that was the path that I saw for them the whole way. It, and it it's not going to go. And they just, when they have to win a big game, and I don't know what it is about about these players. It's Mike McCarthy. That's, that's part of it. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and I don't know if it's Dak's fault or, or what it is, but they just seem to find a way to lose. It's been, it's been their history. It goes back to Tony Romo. 
and Jason Garrett. And, you know, I don't know if Jerry Jones is just sticking his nose in and picking guys that just have a certain mentality in there that they they need some killers on that team. But it's just the way they are. This is a franchise, right, guys? It is. It's a franchise that hasn't been uh, a Super Bowl team since Mark and I were both much younger. Thomas, you're you're a young-looking guy. I don't even know if you were born. Were you in 1995? Were you born in 95, the last time they won the Super Bowl? Literally, I was not born okay, yet. Okay, so he was, was not born yet. So, I was so born in June of that year. the youngster here, yeah. he, he, was, he doesn't even remember when yeah. the Cowboys were a Super Bowl team, Mark Oak. I mean, you and I are a little bit older than him, but that's, hey. Those guys were killers, they, and that was that was obviously you're talking killers. about a, you're talking about you know? a generational type team. Yeah, they were you know one of the better teams probably of all time, right? When you're talking about those Cowboys teams, yeah. But the fact in that 90, you can't in the mid nineties, the, the fact that you can't beat your way out of this NFC, yeah, is terrible. I mean, you, these are look at your opponents here. Yes, San Francisco, they're legit. Uh, I, I, my questions about Brock Purdy, where we're going to see him regress this season because we've had such a small sample size. Very clearly they have been answered and know that regression is not coming. This team can absolutely work with Purdy as their quarterback. Uh, how much of it is him being talented? How much of it is Shanahan system? It doesn't matter. They're winning football games. Then you got the Eagles, this very fearsome team that uh, has managed to lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets this season. That, congratulations there. You guys are sure going places. They just, got the, they just broke a streak a couple minutes ago here of 10 straight trips to the red zone for an opponent with a touchdown. Finally, uh, Drew Locke was only able to get them into the red zone here. You're up 10-3 at the half to, again, Drew Locke and and this Seattle team that has been just absolutely terrible since the trade deadline. It, this Eagles team is not that great. They can still win just on the merit of, again, no one else is that good in the NFC, but that defense is nowhere near what it used to be. And now you got Matt Patricia calling the plays for you there. God, good, good luck. You watch this. How, as a team... Do you watch Nick Foles put up 500 yards in a Super Bowl against this guy's defense and go, that's the guy we need to hire to run our defense now. <laughs> He's going to save us here. Uh, this, this defense has fallen off from last season for sure. There's still, there's still time to get their act together before the playoffs. I'm not saying that the Eagles are complete toast. Ton of talent there. And again, significantly easier path to the Super Bowl, except for the fact that it's going to run through San Francisco. The only team that I'm liking right now that I think could really beat the 49ers is the Ravens, and I'm very excited for that game in two weeks. I love what the Ravens have been doing so far, shifting over to the AFC side. I think the Bills could actually have a chance if they keep playing the way that they are, if they keep playing this physical game, they're able to get to the quarterback, disrupt that timing, and also Josh Allen, he's a turnover bomb, but he can pop off for you too. I I like the Bills, and if the Chiefs can figure it out at wide receiver, we go through the same thing every year. Of, oh, wow, the Chiefs are finally taking a step back, and then there we go, we see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's going to happen this time, but there's, you got Patrick Mahomes, you're always a threat, and their defense is actually what's carrying them this year, which is scary. Yeah, Nick Sirianni, the, I think the, the biggest problem the Eagles are having right now is over the past two years, the the coordinators have gotten raided. Yeah. And they... Yeah, you lost Sir, some talent there. Sirianni is... I think Sirianni's a pretty good coach, but the people he have has around him that have been calling plays on both sides of the ball now, yeah, and because there's a ton of because they're loaded, yeah. There there is now not a, to me in terms of talent, there's not a hole on that team, but otherwise, yeah, the coaching is it it, it sucks. 
Yeah, you take a look at uh, both conferences in the NFC, really those middle-of-the-road teams, right? They're going to be battling for wild cards. You're talking about teams that are all floating around 7-7. Seven and seven. In the AFC, it's more of like an 8-6 and six kind of crowd, right? And uh, all kinds of scenarios. So we're going to bounce around some more NFL storylines and uh, kind of take a look at those scenarios and uh, what the expectations are from Thomas Viola and Mark Koch, as well as myself, Chris Wynn. It is SportsX Radio coming away live on a Monday, 101.5 on the FM side, always streaming on the worldwide app at Odyssey here. Uh, much more coming your way after the break. Vortex Radio coming away live on a Monday, 101.5 FM, K-Don, the talk of Las Vegas, also streaming live on the Odyssey app, Chris Wynn, Thomas Viola, Mark Hoke here live in uh, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I wouldn't peg Mark Hoke for a Richard Marks guy. That was a little Oh, I love Richard there. Marks. Richard Marks was big time back in the late 80s, man. Uh, great songwriter. I wasn't necessarily into his tunes, you know, uh, you know, kind of like the soft rock kind of thing. Not really my, not really my deal. Uh, again, way before Thomas Wilde's time, but uh, he was big time. I what, mean, you, get, you can't deny that. I one mean, of my huge. favorites of all time. Yeah. Seriously. He wrote a bunch him. of songs for a lot of uh, big time artists, two pop artists, you know, but. And I, some I'm, rock. Trying, I'm trying to remember what the stat is, but he wrote number ones that hit in the 80s, 90s, and uh, 2000s, 10s, 2000s too. 10s, yeah. and, and the 10s. Too. He wrote I that song. I don't even know with... why I know this. I don't know why I know this, Mark Oak. But uh, he wrote that song uh, from InSync. It was a big hit back in the early 2000s. Yeah, he wrote a massive hit for Instagram. I can't remember that what that was. He hit yeah. with Keith Urban, yeah. I think, too. Mm-hmm. So he had number ones in like four straight decades. That's crazy. Breaking down all things sports across the board, folks, here on your Monday. Uh, Monday Night Football action. It is hit halftime there in Seattle. But there was a loaded slate on Sunday. Uh, instrumental games across the board. Uh, teams jockeying for position, right, guys, when it comes to the NFL playoffs. I just mentioned, of course, that uh, when it comes to the NFC, there's a lot of teams that are floating right there at 500, 7-7, seven and seven, still looking to kind of make their mark. In the AFC, it's a little more uh, of a uh, two games over 500 kind of thing with teams that are looking to, to be wild cards or even possibly win the division when you're talking about the AFC South and some others. But uh, some big-time games that uh, went down. Uh, and uh, a few teams that flex their muscles. Thomas Viola brought up, of course, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, right? A team that is, is absolutely expected to uh, be a Super Bowl contender. We saw what the Miami Dolphins were able to do, flexing their muscles in that tilt with a 30 to nothing win there as well, too. And, uh, and a couple other teams that were also uh, that were pretty uh, impressive, to say the least, when you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, with what they did. And... Uh, and, of course, I mean, we already talked about the Raiders on Thursday night. But uh, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, another team, sitting at 8-6, and six, guys. Shane Steichen, former UNLV quarterback, now Colts coach. And former Eagles offensive coordinator. And former Philly <sighs> O coordinator has the Colts sitting at 8-6. and six. Now, guys, understand, we understand, you know, the Jonathan Taylor stuff early in the season with his injury. It kind of put an uncertainty on this team, but they laid, uh, you know, they laid it on the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game, guys, and uh, they're doing it with a guy in Gardner Pinchu who, in the off season, is living in his van down in Naples, Florida, and he's playing pickleball with the local ladies, and he's doing what Gardner Minshew does. 
But uh, I got to say, I mean, you think about AFC teams, nobody really talks about the Colts. Is that is that uh, legitimate, you think, TV and uh, and Marco? I don't know. That, no, that, that I don't nobody, know. Really pays, nobody really pays attention to the Colts, right? I mean, they're, it's, they're they put a 30 spot team. up on the Steelers. I mean, you know. Congratulations. I mean, you got you got gone out there throwing for for, for, for three touchdowns, couple of, couple hundred yards passing. You got you know Sermon on the ground, almost you know eighty eight yards. Uh, Pittman Junior. Pittman Junior. Solid player. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know how I feel about all. Are we these... getting, Are we sleeping on this team from they, Indy? No. I guess is what I'm saying. No, we're not. No. So they're yeah. No, not, the, so they're also ran all these That's wild, yeah. all these wild card teams in the NFC and the AFC. Yeah, I feel like I walked into a room with a lot of my ex girlfriends. Yeah, you know, and I'm looking around. and I'm like, yeah, some still look good, but I, no, I can't do it. I can't. No, no, wait, she, no, no. It's Seriously, a visual. Dude. It's a visual for Sports X Radio Nation yeah, out there. It's yeah. it's impossible and to count Thomas on any of them. Right there. No, you can't yeah. do it. <laughs> well, speaking of that. There's that Browns Bears game, right, gentlemen? Uh, Browns get the win, twenty to seventeen. That one. Uh, hey, Joe Flacco, look, he can still sling it. He's got one of the prettiest balls still in football, right, guys? And the Browns down ten points in this game. Uh, a lot of talk about Chicago and their kind of current situation, right? Is Justin Fields the guy? Is he a franchise quarterback? Should the Bears make a decision regarding, you know, their early draft pick or picks, right, when it comes to the 2024 draft? Uh, and then Chicago's got a 10-point lead here coming off that win over Detroit, right? And everyone's kind of thinking, you know, uh, two weeks ago, everyone's kind of thinking, oh, you know, uh, maybe maybe we're, uh, we're, we're judging the Bears too harshly. And then Cleveland ends up getting the W TV. Uh, shocked? Were you surprised by the Browns uh, being able to do what they did against mm. Chicago? No. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yes, I am surprised they did not win by more. I'm surprised <laughs> they had to come back in that game. I liked the Browns to begin with. There, uh, the Bears aren't good. But even with the Browns, with their quarterback situation, where you got revol- you know, you got, you got you got Dorian Thompson Robinson one week. You know, obviously now the last couple of weeks has been Joe Flacco, but it's been—it's not exactly uh, you know a great situation, or it hasn't been at least in the in the past three four weeks when it comes to the Browns no. and their signal caller. It, it has not been, and they're obviously not going to do much in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. you have a really great defense, and all of a sudden Joe Flacco is turning back the clock for a couple of games. He's gotten hot. Uh, he's playing well, and they're putting him in a position to succeed. That's really important. What Kevin Stefanski is doing up there. It's a joke that this guy's like 10, 15 to 1 to win coach of the year. They're going to be in a playoff spot in a division that's actually hard. It's not easy. This division is somehow everyone's got a winning record right now. We'll see how it shakes out at the end of the season. But wow, good on the Browns, good on Joe Flacco. This team might be able to win a playoff game, but that's more an indictment on everybody else that they might have to go up against rather than it is on them being an actual contending team. Joe Flacco's not winning another Super Bowl this year. But I I like what the Browns are doing. They're they're still succeeding, and they're still finding ways. We're talking about one of the best defenses in football, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. You know, the way that conference is going, though, Mm -hmm. would you be shocked if you saw them playing in the Super Bowl? Yes, a I mean, million. Would you, well, I wouldn't be. Would I be shocked if would I be shocked if I saw the yes, Cleveland I would, Browns? Mark, I would. Yes, I would. Yes, that defense is really good, and the, and the way the offenses are in the AFC, would I be? A, would I be? Would it be like? Oh my God, we have a heart attack? No. I mean, I and think I there's talked, better teams, but I just but could I see about, them yeah. getting on a roll and shutting a couple teams down? Yeah. 
I got to say, I just talked about the Colts. How I think they're a surprise team. Yeah, I, I am shocked. I'm shocked, gentlemen, that the Cleveland Browns are 9-5. I'm really shocked. Yeah. The I mean, they're, the they're not a 9-5 team. You don't look at that team. Eyeball test, whatever test you want to use. Yeah. And they're not a 9-5 team. So it goes quick, gentlemen, when you have the electrifying takes that are Thomas Viola and Mark Hoke. I'm Chris Wynn, Go also Browns. in for Ken Thompson. <laughs> One hour down. Another one to go coming up here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Ke- uh, Kevin Bollinger is going to join us, uh, sports director. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. A big Monday coming your way live here, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, KDAW, the talk of Las Vegas, and also streaming on the World Wide Web at Odyssey. Chris Wynn, Thomas Viola from Unabated Sports, joining us here live in studio co-hosting, along with our producer extraordinaire, Mark Hoke, host of the Mark Hoke Show, uh, Sundays 8 to 10 a.m. right here on KDAW. If you want to know anything, folks, when it comes to the fascinating topic and uh, sport that is professional wrestling. Tune into that show on Sundays. We're coming to you live from the PSBR Law Studios. Full slate in the NBA, NHL, college basketball as well too. And the Seattle Seahawks hosted the Philadelphia Eagles for Monday night football. And we had a little rope-a-dope action, gentlemen, uh, for Seattle getting themselves in the end zone with uh, Kenneth Walker Jr. out of Michigan State. With a uh, touchdown for the Seahawks to tie this one up 10-10 to between Philly and Seattle. So uh, it's going to be uh, kind of a fun matchup here uh, the rest of the way as uh, they roll through with about uh, nine minutes and change left in the third quarter in that tilt as well, too. Uh, pretty solid slate in the NBA uh, across the board. Uh, the Pistons are in danger of losing game. Gentlemen. Game number, I believe, 23. It might be 24. <laughs> 23 sorry. in I'm a so row sorry. for the Pistons. They've already broken the franchise record. I believe the NBA record is 26 straight. They are down. 28. Is it 28 straight? Okay, so Viola TV uh, informs me, and he's right. So, the uh, by the way, it just went final. Atlanta, 130, <laughs> 124. Jesus. Winners over the Pistons <laughs> in, down in the dirty south. So the, the Hawks get the win. Pistons, another loss. Oh. Uh, their next two games, by the way, not easy. They're playing the Utah Jazz, I believe, at home. Yikes. And then they have an opportunity, guys, as they take on the Brooklyn Nets in two games. That's not an opportunity. You know kind of what I'm getting at here. At least the door's open a Chris, little bit Chris, for my Detroit Pistons. I, I just signed a two-way yes. contract with them. I, you probably should. They should have. Hey, hey, I'm pretty t- sure they TV. signed some of those players from that school. TV. They the need to have Mark. TV. I'm telling you right now. Christian, bring them up. You need to have Mark Hoke playing the point guard position for this team. Forget Jay Nivey. Forget Killian Hayes. You know, I like the core with Kate Cunningham and Jalen Duran. And, you know, the kid they drafted this year, a solid, uh, you they know, so, uh, Alzer Thompson. They have good young players. 
And they have a good coach in Monty Williams, but it is just an aberration. Their What's going on with the Pistons right now in the NBA? Half. Their win yeah. totals at 9 And the other thing that blows my mind, who are you tanking for? Exactly. Last year was yeah. the year to tank. This year, who are you going to get? Caitlin Clark? You're, it's, it is not a good situation no. right now if you're a Detroit basketball fan and if you're in that organization. Uh, you know, Troy Weaver, the general manager, on the hot seat. Obviously, I don't think Monty Williams necessarily is on the hot seat. The owner, you know, Tom Gore, is getting a lot of heat. But 23 in a row, gentlemen, that is, uh, that's tough sledding. It's phenomenal. In the NBA. Other finals, Minnesota beats Miami 112-108. The final there, the Raptors get a win, 114-99 over Charlotte as well, too. Bulls, 108-104 over Philadelphia in that matchup. Uh, the Clippers and the Pacers. Clippers go on the road, get the win in, in Indiana. Uh, by the way, this is in regulation. 151-127, to the final in that tilt there. Cleveland, winners, 135-130 uh, over Houston, I can go ten, Ken Thompson style here. I don't even have to look at the totals. I'm pretty much expecting that the Clippers and Pacers game, along with Houston and Cleveland, did go over in those games when you're talking about 270-plus and 260 in those Jeez. two basketball games. It is Second, wild. It is crazy, right? Second quarter action, Utah is trailing the Brooklyn Nets, 56-52 the score there with about a minute left until halftime. Dallas and Denver going at it. That's also a halftime score, 68-59 the score right now. The Nuggets on top. And uh, Oklahoma City, late in the fourth quarter, they're, they're up on the Memphis Grizzlies, 108-79, the score there. Uh, take a look at the NHL scores later on in the show. We've talked a lot of NFL, right, guys? No question about it. And uh, the Raiders, uh, a team that is, you know, when, once they hired Antonio Pierce, they, you know, faced the two New York teams, TV and, and, and Hoke, Mr. Hoke, and uh, they get two wins in those games. And so everyone's kind of feeling good right here in Vegas about the Raiders, about uh, you know the the change. Obviously, when you let go of your general manager and your head coach, and uh, you get a couple of W's, but uh, they uh, kind of hit their skids a little bit uh, up until Thursday night, and they're to uh, be pretty much impressive in uh, what they uh, went out there and did on Thursday. But uh, the questions still remain, right? The questions still remain as far as uh, you know the front office. What exactly is going to happen there? And Antonio Pierce, is he a guy that uh, necessarily is going to have an opportunity to get the, the, you know, the full-time gig? These are the question marks that, uh, that come into play when you talk about all things Raiders. And Tom TV, I mean, this is, I mean it's, it, it's understandable. Look, we, we, we get it. If you're, uh, if you're Raider Nation, right, you're, pro- you're probably going to be looking at this glass half full, right? You're going to be looking at this roses and, you know, and, and, and ice cream and rainbows and everything's going to be fine, you know. Or you're going to look at it from a positive standpoint. I'm gonna be real with you. There is yeah. not much. Po- this is a teardown operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't make the mistake that you could make by saying, "Oh, well, you know, last time we should have kept Rich Bisaccia." No, you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. Uh, and instead of going with McDaniel's, that was a mistake. We should keep Pierce this time. No, you shouldn't. Uh, don't don't read into that Chargers win. That yeah. that game was not. Wow, look at the Raiders. The wow, look at the Raiders game was losing 3 nothing to Nick Mullins and the Vikings. That was the wow yeah. look at the Raiders game. This was the Chargers straight up quit. And that's all it was. This was not this game was not an indication of what the Raiders future is. This is a teardown operation. Devontae Adams, he's going to be playing in, in Kelly Green and White next season. Uh 
he would have already been playing there if they had fired everybody two days before the trade deadline instead of right after it, I guarantee you. He'll be a Jet next season. Uh, you don't really have a quarterback. Aiden O'Connell, I, what, what, do you really have something there? Uh, you look at your defense, you have Max Crosby and what exactly? Yeah. Who's who's helping out there? What's your second? Same thing that's plagued with this team since I moved to Vegas five years ago. Uh, they've, they've never had a secondary, and they still don't which is not ideal when you have Patrick Mahomes and now Russell Wilson and now maybe actually Justin Herbert in your division, depending on who the next coach of the Chargers is going to be. Um, tear it down. Yeah. Trade the assets. Max Crosby should be playing somewhere else next season. You could get a first-round pick for him. That's just the reality. So four days after they, as TV pointed out, they lose 3 to nothing. Raiders get that win on Thursday. Joining us here live on SportsX Radio, he does a tremendous job over at Fox 5. He's a sports director here, covers all things Raiders, all things Vegas sports across the board, from UNLV to the Aces and beyond. Of course, I'm talking about our guy, Kevin Bollinger, joining us here on SportsX Radio. Kevin, we really appreciate you spending some time on a Monday. How are you, sir? Doing great, guys. Happy uh, holiday week, everybody out there, and... Uh... It, uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird uh, with the, that Thursday night game for the Raiders. Uh, Got to actually watch a little bit of football for the first time this season. So it was uh, kind of nice to, to be able to watch some of the NFL stuff. Yeah, Kevin, uh, what a difference a handful of days make, right? Uh, game and matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, where they end up uh, getting shut out. They win the football game three to nothing. So I guess you could kind of look at it like, oh, uh, the Raiders' defense showed up in this football game, but the Offense didn't, and then you uh, you know you take a look at Thursday night where they set the franchise scoring a record uh, offensively. They're able to kind of get things going without question. Um, you know, Aiden O'Connell and that offense is kind of able to get clicking a little bit. You get you end up with you know forty two points in the first half. Uh, it wasn't just all the offense. Obviously, defensively, you're getting uh, some scores as well too. But uh, uh, just talk about that, uh, that, that uh, I'll, I mean, I'll call it what it is, a transformation of what took place in that uh, Vikings game as opposed to uh, what transpired in the Thursday night matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, let's start off with saying the Vikings game was the, the worst sporting event I have ever witnessed. And, and I'm not talking worst football game. <laughs> I've, I've been in this business 30 years, and I've seen a lot of sports. That might have been the worst game I've ever seen. It just was it was rough to watch. And, and kudos to anybody who sat through that on television uh, at home the entire time. It just it was it wasn't good by either team. Uh, Thursday night, uh, you know, I think that the one takeaway, and I think, look, I, I, are, are they as bad as they were against the Vikings? No. Are they as good as they they were against the the Chargers? No. Uh, I think it's it's kind of somewhere in the middle there. I, I want to make sure Raider Nation, you know, it, it, it's kind of fool's gold in terms of what happened against the Chargers. Uh, but I, I honestly think that the biggest takeaway is after what happened against the Vikings, that this team came back with that type of attitude and, and tenacity that they did. And it was all week. It was apparent at the facility. Uh, so, you know, a lot of teams would have rolled over at that point and just played out the string for the final few games and got into the off season. And I think that's what I really like about this Raiders team is, is they don't quit. Uh, and people said, Oh, they should, you know, get a better draft pick. They, it, no, they aren't interested in any of that. The coaches are coaching for their jobs. The players are trying to put stuff on tape for their next contracts. Uh, this is a team that's going to come out and give you, give you the effort. And, 
Uh, they certainly did that on Thursday. And to me, that's the best takeaway uh, for, for Raider Nation, uh, above all the other stats and records and everything else, was just the attitude and the way that they responded to really what was a devastating loss against the Vikings on that Sunday. Uh, Thomas Viola, here, our guest host here live in studio, you just kind of opined on it and, and discussed it. Antonio Pierce, right? The prospects of him as the head coach. Now, look, it, it, it's, it becomes kind of dicey when you're put in this type of situation, right? Where you fire, especially when you fire a head coach and a general manager, right? Because there almost is a feeling, and it ne- doesn't necessarily have to be just the fan base and what they expect, but it is, you know, from an organizational standpoint, you want to hit the reset button, right? So it puts people like, Rich Bisaccia and Antonio Pierce sometimes in a very difficult position because, uh, you know, you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't when, when it comes to the head coach in, the, in, the, in that deal. Like Rich Bisaccia, obviously, they end up going to the playoffs, but you never really got the feel that he was going to be the guy, right, in, in Vegas when it came to him getting the full-time job with the Raiders. What's your take, uh, KB, when it comes to the Raiders as far as their mindset, whether it's Mark Davis, the powers that be there, as far as Antonio Pierce uh, and his prospects as either getting the permanent job or is it already kind of a foregone conclusion that this is a franchise looking to move on? Well, let's start first with the, the Basaccia thing. You know, people need to remember it, w- it was not really based on your traditional type of coaching change midseason. The Gruden mm-hmm. situation was a little bit different. Uh, and, and it was also, you know, there was just so much going on within the organization. There was the rug stuff and, and uh, you know, so the, it was a, apples and oranges compared to firing a coach for, for not winning, which is what happened with McDaniels. Um, and so I think that's a little bit different. Will Pierce get a look for this job? Absolutely. Uh, he will. Uh, will he get it? I think that remains to be seen. Uh, the players certainly like playing for him. It depends on what Mark Davis wants to do in terms of his approach to the the next regime because Antonio Pierce, by his own admission, is kind of a game manager and and motivational type of person. So he would have to surround himself with the right coordinators and right people to take on a lot of the the tasks that are going to go on uh, that sometimes the head coach takes on. Uh, Does he want to go that route? Uh, I don't know. And does he want to go with a, a, a tandem GM coach situation again? I don't think he does. It didn't work uh, very well with the, the you know, McDaniel-Ziggler uh, combination. Uh, by all intents and purposes, Gruden was the general manager and the head coach uh, for the most part uh, when he was there. So uh, that's going to be interesting. You've seen what happened in Detroit with the resurrection, with what Detroit is doing. That is not a GM and coach tandem. That is guys that were hired separately, and and they've been making it work and building it uh, that way. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see which direction Mark Davis goes. He has a lot of decisions to make and not a lot of room for error. I mean, uh, you know, everybody knows the history. Uh, it's it's He's got to make a good hire. Now, Kevin, if he is going to make a good hire here, and obviously that's what we're all looking for, there's no shortage of big names who are potentially available when it comes to this job. I mean, there are the rumors up in New England that a certain behooded lobster boat captain is going to be <laughs> looking for a new place to a new place to park his ship. Um, there's, of course, the rumors out of Michigan of Jim Harbaugh and him potentially being coaxed back into the league, and of course. 
there's also the issue of the fact that you're still paying quite a lot of money if you're Mark Davis to your previous two coaches at this point. With the the Gruden deal cost a chunk of change, and the McDaniel's deal, he's going to be getting paid too. Are is there any worry about the Raiders' ability to attract a top tier talent? You know, the, the money factor I think would have been a factor prior to them coming to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but uh, they they're they're making money off of Allegiant Stadium. Not only with the Raiders, but with all the other events and and things of that nature, and the the value of the team has gone up. And so uh, they aren't as cash strapped maybe as they would have been uh, before. So uh, I don't know if that's gonna uh, is it gonna come into play in terms of his money? Sure, it's his money, you know, right? Mm-hmm. He's paying out a lot of money uh, to that. Um, the big questions going, and I, I honestly think that that the Raiders is still a job. That, that people aspire to because it, there's a mystique about the Raiders uh, for, for, for big time football people, even if they weren't Raiders fans, there's always been this mystique about the Raiders. And so I think uh, that, that the fact that it's in Las Vegas, the fact that there's the ability to potentially attract free agents because of the tax structure here, the facilities and the cost of living, uh, being a little bit cheaper than it is in some areas. Uh, I think that, that it's, it's one of those jobs that I think that, that football people kind of want to see if they can get it done. Right. So the big question is going to be who's going to be available and uh, you know, where things are going to fall. Harbaugh, everybody talks about Harbaugh uh, and, and the fact that he maybe had talked to the Raiders before Harbaugh is going to want, I would assume, complete control uh, of, of an organization if he's going to come in. Um, and then you have also that charger job sitting there for, for every coach that's available, and that's probably your quicker ticket to turning into wins because they have uh, uh, some key tools already there, especially with Justin Herbert, to, to get things done quickly. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. And you know what? There's always going to be a surprise that's going to come on the market. Uh, if it does happen and comes on the market, the name that – that intrigues me the most is Mike Tomlin. Mm. That is because something think to think about, without question. Yeah, but it, but it, it just seems it just seems astounding, right? Because Tomlin, of course, uh, a fixture there in the Steel City for so many years, uh, and you know, TV brought up, of course, uh, the likes of uh, the possibility of a Bill Belichick, and of course, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh as well too. But uh, that, that I got to be honest, I, I I was a little bit taken aback. I just I moved back in my seat, KB. When uh, you brought up uh, Mike Tomlin as a possibility, I don't have any inside information on anything. That's just something that's you know he's he's been a coach that I think is just really good, and he's done a great job in Pittsburgh. Obviously, he's never had a losing record. Uh, That could be in jeopardy this year, but he's still got them right there. But is that a situation where maybe uh, you know, and and the Steelers don't get rid of coaches? I mean, gosh, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. I mean, that's been the the Steelers for the next last uh, fifty years, pretty much. So. Um, you know, it's not something that they're going to, to do lightly if they do do something. Uh, but if, if he does become available, uh, t- that's an interesting mean, uh, it's, it's a, an interesting name for this job because, uh, he, he brings something that I think that, uh, you know, w- would go over well with Raider nation and within the organization. Kevin Bollinger, our guest here on sports X radio, talking all things Raiders, silver and black. 
and the NFL. KB, I, I don't know if you can stay over for another segment. Uh, we got to take a quick break. I, I want to kind of get your take a little bit on uh, moving forward with the Raiders as far as their schedule, and then maybe a couple of uh, uh, comments regarding uh, VGK and maybe some UNLV. Is it possible you can stay on for uh, a quick segment? Yep, you got it. I appreciate that. Yeah, so we'll take our quick, we'll take our uh, second break of our first break of the hour and uh, and come back with uh, KB and Kevin Bollinger talk a little bit more about the Raiders and uh, and all things going down. We got Monday night football action uh, as well. It looks like uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have uh, put another touchdown on the board, seventeen ten. Philadelphia on top of uh, Seattle in Monday night football. Much more coming your way uh, after the break. It's Chris Wint. It's Thomas Viola, and it is. Mark Hoke coming your way on a big Monday, SportsX Radio 101.5 FM and streaming live on the Odyssey app. Oh, baby. Next radio coming your way live on a Monday, 101.5 FM, K Don, Talk of Las Vegas, also streaming live on the Odyssey app. Chris Wynn, Thomas Viola, Mark Hoke in for Ken Thompson. We'll be back tomorrow for some uh, Fat Tuesday action. Uh, loaded slate in the NBA, NHL, as well as, of course, uh, Monday Night Football as uh, Seattle is hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Both teams looking to kind of get off the schneid a little bit. In that, too. We'll be talking all things silver and black here in uh, Las Vegas uh, with one of our favorites. He's a sports director over at Fox 5. Kevin Bollinger joining us here on SportsX Radio. And as uh, Kevin correctly pointed out, TV and Mark, uh, four days after the Raiders had to recover from that just absolutely horrific performance, they go out there and uh, by the numbers, it was just uh, it was kind of unbelievable, right? They set the franchise record with that uh, with the uh, sixty three points in this in this W, uh, topping that uh, I think it was fifty nine fourteen victory back in uh, all the way back in two thousand ten, gentlemen, in late October with that win over the Broncos, and uh, it was the most points allowed by the Chargers, who gave up fifty seven to those Rams, and uh, the greatest show on turf back in two thousand when Thomas Viola, Kevin Bollinger was just a young buck. Back in two thousand, I, I was in kindergarten. <laughs> you what? You're you KB. He was super young, my friend. I'm telling you. Uh, and they led this game at forty two nothing halftime, three points shy of the NFL record at the half set back in two thousand nine, when the Patriots led Tennessee forty five nothing. So by the numbers, Raiders uh, showed out on Thursday night. I mean, it makes sense that the Raiders would have uh, all, all that offensive firepower four days after that game. Yeah, it's not like the offense had to do uh, did anything the previous game. They were still well rested. So it's, it doesn't get any easier, Kevin Bollinger, because uh, Christmas Day is coming, right? And you're talking about a matchup in the division with the AFC West, of course. The Kansas City Chiefs coming off that 27-17 win over the New England Patriots yesterday. They set atop the division at 9-5 and with the Broncos uh, at even 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. Of course, Vegas right there at 6-8. and eight. Uh, Expectations, Mr. Bollinger, when it comes to the Raiders heading up to uh, Arrowhead slash, I think they call it Gay, Gay Ha Stadium now up in uh, Kansas City, and they take on their division rivals in Kansas City. You know, this is uh, this is an interesting game. The Raiders, even though the they win-loss record against the Chiefs may not be the greatest over the last uh, several years, uh, they have had fairly substantial leads the last few times against the Chiefs that they've blown. Uh, people tend to forget that. Uh, so the, that part intrigues me a little bit. Uh, the biggest concern going into this game is going to be up front. Colton Miller and Andre James, the left tackle and center, missed the game against the Chargers. Uh, obviously didn't hurt them. 
and and the offensive line played fantastic in that game against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. But the the Chiefs are, are a whole different animal than the Chargers, who pretty much just had Khalil Mack and, and without Bosa and anything else. It, you know, totally totally different. So hopefully they can get Colton Miller and Andre James uh, back uh, and help it out up front. That's going to be key number one. Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, with the quad injury that he suffered late in the Vikings loss uh, probably uh, would have had a chance to go had it been a Sunday game, but with the short turnaround, uh, they decided to, to not play him on Thursday against the Chargers. So we'll have to see. The Raiders have been off since that Thursday game, so they aren't back uh, in, in terms of uh, in the facility and, and doing media availability until Wednesday. So we have not talked with anybody with the Raiders since uh, Friday morning when Antonio Pierce met with the media for his day after news conference. So we'll get a better feel, uh, maybe not Wednesday, that first day out there, but I think by Thursday or Friday uh, for, for that game, for, for a lot of the health of the guys. Uh, but remember, that's a Monday game. So a pretty big gap from a Thursday game going to uh, a Monday uh, game, almost uh, a full two weeks. And you look at the other side of the football there, of course, the Chargers uh, you know, got shut out in the first half of that tilt uh, against the Raiders on Thursday. But they did score 21 points in the second half. And you talk about, and uh, TV was mentioning this as far as, like, the Raiders' defense. Look, we understand, you know, when you're talking about Crosby, he's one of the best, you know, uh, players, period, in the NFL. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it gets it gets kind of sketchy when you're talking about the rest of this defense. Now, look, there obviously uh, there was some impressive performances in this matchup against the Chargers. But uh, you take a look at a stat line of 23 for 32 and 250 and three touchdowns and a pick and it was not Justin Herbert Kevin Bollinger it was Easton Stick so you're facing a little bit of a different situation coming up in this matchup on on Christmas Day where you're going up against one of the best quarterbacks in football yes even though I I get it I hear everybody saying that you know the the Chiefs have their issues when it comes to you know who is the go-to guy in offense and you don't have Tyreek Hill there you don't necessarily have a guy that's a number one receiver but it's a whole different kind of deal, right, Kevin, when you're talking about a matchup against the Chargers on Thursday and what's about to transpire from an offensive standpoint with Kansas City in this matchup against the Raiders. No question, but I think that people also forget that, that so far this season, the Raiders have like the ninth-ranked defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we said that? that I mean, wild. it's been a while. There's been uh, a lot of years going back to, to in those few years before they came to Las Vegas where – the offense knew they were going to have to put up 30 in order to win a game. Uh, and, and this defense has actually uh, played extremely well this year. Uh, yes, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, mix and, and match in terms of how they're doing things, but they've seen some production from some of the young guys, and uh, they've made a couple of signings that have, have been very impactful, especially Robert Spillane who walked in on his first day of training camp, walked up to the podium and said, I want the dot on my helmet and I'm going to lead this defense. And there were a lot of people that went, really? But mm-hmm. you know what? He's done it. And, and he, he's been very productive. So I, I don't think the defense gets as much credit as they deserve this season so far with what they've done. Have they gone up against some more lackluster offenses recently with the New York teams and, Minnesota and the uh, uh, depleted Chargers team, yes. But their numbers were actually pretty good even prior to that. Uh, so Patrick Graham has got his unit playing pretty darn good right now. Uh, but uh, as you said, 
Kansas City's offense is, is a whole other animal, and they get killed by Travis Kelsey every single time. He's a matchup nightmare for everybody, but for some reason against the Raiders, he always makes sure that he puts out massive numbers. And so they're going to have to get that figured out. And they've tried, and then they've talked about it openly. We've tried everything to try and slow him down. He's just one of those guys that it, it's, it's really tough to slow him down. So if, for the Raiders to have a chance to win, uh, you know, it's, it's the old cliche, you can't stop him. You just got to hope to contain him. But that's really what they have to do with Kelsey uh, and hope that he doesn't have another four-touchdown game. He's the sports director at Fox 5, Kevin Bollinger, joining us here live on SportsX Radio on a Monday, talking all things Vegas sports, talking some silver and black. And wanted to switch gears a little bit with you, Kevin, because, uh, uh, and by the way, it's, it's interesting because as we transition to the Vegas Golden Knights, myself, Thomas, and Mark were kind of having a little uh, tongue-in-cheek discussion on this. Vegas, a place where coaches come and uh, end up in, with pink slips, right? Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get the win yesterday in a matchup against the Ottawa Senators, and then the uh, Senators make a move and uh, and dismiss their head coach. Of course, that was the situation with the Raiders on Thursday with Brandon Staley and, of course, the general manager as well, too. Uh, Vegas gets the win, 6-3 victory, uh, able from an offensive standpoint to kind of get things clicking, right, uh, Kevin, when it comes to that team and uh, the, you know, the captain, Mark Stone, gets into the mix with, uh, with plenty of points. Obviously, uh, Jack Eichel continues his scoring streak. And it just seems like Vegas continues to win, despite the fact, right, Mr. Bollinger, that this is a team that uh, has had to deal with some injuries, particularly at the goaltending position, and yet they still just keep plugging along and end up are still one of the best teams, not only in the Western Conference, but in the NHL. Yeah, you know, the the, the big red flag that came out of last night uh, was when Aiden Hill left that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was his first game back from being injured. Uh, haven't received a ton of info yet because they're heading back east to start a quick little uh, roadie back, back in the southeast before Christmas. Uh, but it looks like with Yuri Patera coming into the mix that it's going to be Yuri Patera and, and Logan Thompson here for this road trip, and then we'll get a better idea hopefully sometime during this trip where they're at. But uh, you look at their, their defensemen too. I mean, they, they've wrote, had to rotate a lot of guys. In, but just like we saw last year, uh, it, it, that next man up mentality has done really well. And you're seeing some of these young guys uh, coming in and, and doing what they're supposed to do and holding down the fort. So uh, that's, that's encouraging for the future. And I think it's encouraging for the postseason that uh, a lot of these guys are, are not going to be as gassed when we get to the playoffs because they've had some injuries and there is some downtime in there. Uh, it, it's really hard to go back to back in the NHL because the playoffs are a grind, and it's almost two and a half months extended of the season. Keep in mind, they beat Edmonton in the second round of the playoffs, and the Oilers got like an extra five and a half weeks summer break, if you will, compared to the Golden Knights. Now, they'll take the Stanley Cup, obviously, but that's a, that's a huge difference when you're talking about the, what, what hockey does uh, to your legs, especially when you're playing every other night like you have to in the playoffs. So, uh, good, good thing, bad thing, I guess, with the injuries. Uh, bad, but if you're able to still pick up and collect some points like the Golden Knights have, then maybe you're going to have a little fresher legs with some of your key guys when you get to April and the playoffs begin. Now, uh, you know, obviously numbers don't lie. The stats are very clear. In seasons where the Golden Knights play five or more goalies, they get to the Stanley <laughs> Cup final. So we're 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 already makes a ton three, of sense, right? We're yeah. three fifths of the way there. 
But when it comes to the goalies that are playing, though, Aiden Hill, obviously now we're going to be looking looking at, you know, trying to decipher the wonderful hockey information. They're so good at giving us information about injuries. Uh, Logan Thompson also was apparently feeling some discomfort the other night. We came a little closer to using the e-bug than maybe we'd feel comfortable having. Um, is there a little bit of worry about Thompson and his play so far this season? Because he he's looked shaky in some of these games so far. You know, I I think that they're pretty comfortable with what he can do. Uh, and he sat out, obviously, the back end uh, of things last year. And and I think that they know his skill set and they know they're going to have to, you know, they have some, they're not, they're, they don't have the lights out goalie per se, right? Uh, that a lot of teams do to, to, to win in the NHL. But what they do is they have a great defensive structure that helps set up a goalie for success. And I think that they've done a, a really good job of using that structure to, you know, kind of keep, keep collecting points here and there. I don't think there's a concern with, with either of the goalies right now. Uh, now, if it's a long-term injury uh, to, to anybody and they have to make a move, uh, they'll make a move if they have to, obviously. They uh, certainly aren't going to go in uh, with, with a team that they have as stacked as they have. They're not going to let that situation uh, harm them. But uh, I still think that there's a comfort level with what they have uh, with, with Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson uh, taking them all the way again. And how about Bruce Cassidy, right? The captain of this ship. I, we can talk in you know the NBA, the NHL, and across the board when it comes to coaches and being the right fit, right? I'm playing Captain Obvious when I make a comment like that when it comes to But I really feel like that's the situation. It just seems like, Kevin, it's been a, an absolutely uh, perfect fit for the VGK with uh, you know the temperament, his approach, everything surrounding all things Bruce Cassidy as the head coach of this Vegas Golden Knights team. He knows how to push the right buttons, and mm-hmm. and I think that and when to push the right buttons, uh, you know, even if it means letting some things stew for a little bit, and then when the time's right, then press the right button. And I think that that that's the mark of a really really good coach. And when you have a veteran team like this, there's some self policing that goes on in that locker room, and a coach is going to let the veteran leaders do what they need to do with his teams, and then when he needs to to jump in there, he will. And I just think that he's he's been a very good chess master at how to uh, work with not only the, the on-ice talents that he has uh, on this team, but also with all the different personalities that he has with this team to, to kind of push the right buttons and, and get the most out of everybody. And Kevin points out, of course, they'll take on the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night in a Tuesday night matchup, and then they head to the uh, Florida Swing where they'll take on the Lightning and the defending Eastern Conference champion, and it's a rematch, obviously, the Stanley Cup Finals uh, where the Vegas Golden Knights got that W. So Vegas sitting right now 47 points in the West uh, with a lot of teams bunched up there at the top of that conference. When you talk about Vancouver all the way down to the Dallas Stars with 38 points in that conference, and, of course, uh, on the Eastern side of things, it's pretty much like the Rangers and the Bruins and uh, Maple Leafs and Panthers at the top of that conference as well, too. He does a tremendous job with Fox 5 Sports Director Kevin Bollinger joining us here live on a Monday. Catch him during the week and also uh, with the great specialty shows that they do over there at Fox 5. Kevin, we really appreciate you spending some time on a Monday, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you again uh, definitely sooner than later uh, as, uh, as time permits, my friend. 
All right, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, have a great week, okay? We'll talk to you again soon. There he is, Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, here in Las Vegas. So, yeah, it is it is kind of astounding, and you kind of brought it up, KB. I mean, excuse me, uh, TV. Uh, all those goalies last year, really? Yeah. All those goalies, and they're still able to win the Stanley Cup? I mean, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like that, it was kind of it was kind of remarkable how that all shook out that they were able to do it. Sorry, I'm just getting angry at the uh, referees in Seattle that are very, very high at this point. Clearly, marijuana is legal in the uh, up in Washington. But yeah, the, yeah, I mean, the, but the goalie situation up in the, in with the Knights. I mean, that was phenomenal. Them pulling yeah. off what they did. It's like and, next man up to the tenth degree. Yeah, it was you know amazing. What I mean? Like, come on, and, and to you know. Being a Flyers fan who's seen goalie situations be somewhat insane out there for the the Knights to survive that, unreal. And uh, you know, but hopefully they're going to get through it again this year. But you know, you guys were talking about the wear and tear on everybody getting through a Stanley Cup, and you know, maybe it's going to catch up with them, but it hasn't yet. And the other th- the other thing about this team, and by the way, yeah, there was a trash pass interference call on fourth down, <laughs> and that miss sack that was also bad. Uh, but the thing that strikes me with this Vegas team about why they could repeat, and Kevin brought up a great point about the fact that the Oilers got an extra month and a half off compared mm-hmm. to the Knights here. That does add up, but the great thing for the Knights is they aren't a team built around a superstar. Yeah, Eichel's a star, no doubt, but he's not Connor McDavid. He's not Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. When those guys go cold, you get the Oilers that we saw the first part of this year. Like, like when you're When you're a superstar-dependent team— that becomes a huge problem. The Knights didn't do anything particularly statistically extraordinary last year. They were a fantastic team all around, but that's what makes them so good at potentially being able to repeat. There's not going to be as much regression to the mean for what this team was able to do. They were just able to overcome a bunch, and so many players turned in solid performances. And you don't get the feel, right, that there's going to be some Stanley Cup hangover with this team. I mean, there was really <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean they, look, they've had some games where they should have won, right? The Buffalo game, obviously, you don't want to lose that game, you know, to, to the Sabres. But uh, there really has been uh, few and far between when it comes to these types of scenarios. Right now, they've, they're steaming towards the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Seahawks uh, look like they're in scoring uh, position right now. I think they're on the inside the Philadelphia 20-yard line, 17-10 right now, Eagles on top. We'll take our final break. And then uh, Thomas Viola, we got a little Mark Hoke story type coming here on the backside of this show, and much, much more. This is SportsX Radio coming away live on a Monday, 101.5 FM, and streaming on the World Wide Web at the Odyssey app. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy Getting us in the uh, spirit of the holidays. It is SportsX Radio coming live on a Monday. Chris Wynn, Thomas Viola, Mark Hoke in for Ken Thompson. Of course, Monday Night Football in full swing right now. Eagles with the 17-13 lead here about the 10-minute mark. Of the fourth quarter, Philadelphia has the football as well, too. Uh, about to get uh, quality story time when it comes to Mark Hoke. But we were kind of discussing the NFL, obviously breaking down that Raiders-Chargers matchup last Thursday. And uh, not every day, right, that you see a general manager and a coach get uh, bounced in the regular season. But immediately right after it, it transpired over the weekend, 
Uh, there's been some discussion, right? Talking heads across the board, people that are in the know in the NFL, discussing this Los Angeles Chargers job. And there's a lot of sentiment out there, Thomas Viola, that, look, it's a job that is attractive, right? You have a franchise quarterback there. You have a team that, uh, you know, if, if everything can get squared away and you can get the right uh, front office people in there as well as a head coach that, uh, that, that can get the most uh, out of that potential there with that team. So uh, you have a little bit different take on it, though, as far as uh, the attractiveness that is that Los Angeles Chargers head coaching job. Yeah, I think that we're, people really want to gloss over a lot of issues with this team here. Yes, you have Justin Herbert. Uh, that's a big missing piece for a lot. Like A lot of teams don't have – there's maybe 12 quarterbacks in the NFL who are actually good. He's definitely one of them. But look a little bit past Herbert. Look at what this team has. You're $44 million over the cap next season. That's not going to be fun for any GM to figure out. Uh, yeah, you have a ton of stars. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. you got guys like Keenan Allen, Mike yeah. Williams, Nick Bosa. or Eckler Joey. when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Joey Bosa, right? Mm-hmm. Joey, it, It's Joey down there. It doesn't matter. Um, Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. All guys who are great when they're healthy, which is never. Uh, <laughs> these guys are on massive contracts yeah. who are aging stars at this point and also, again, are never healthy. You're $44 million over the cap. You have aging stars on big contracts who are never healthy. This is going to be more of a teardown operation than people think. You're not going to be able to come in. This team's going to look different next year just by the sheer fact that they have to look different. But they, this is going to be a rough, rough rebuild, and I don't know that someone's necessarily like Belichick is going to want to come in and deal with that. Mark Hoke, uh, John Spanos, president of the Chargers, Ugh. chimes in. And uh, this is actually a story that just came down with Chris Ryman uh, yeah, ESPN. Uh, they have no limitations on its next head coach and general manager pairing from experience to salary, attempting to dismiss the narrative that the organization is unwilling to spend for coaches and executives. And uh, he talked about, obviously, to, uh, to ask, uh, uh, you know, the prior regime, I'll call it, and uh, and said, uh, I think we are always having to push ourselves as an ownership to get better and be better. Well, you know, people don't really like Mr. Spanos very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would lead a veteran coach to kind of think twice. And with what Tom said, there's some problems there. So what are you going to get? You're probably going to get a rook. I think and, that they get someone. I, I think they eventually figure out how to get a veteran. I just don't think Belichick's walking to San Diego. There has no. been that chatter, though, that the hoodie yeah, would, 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 He's would entertain favorite. that situation. And well, I mean, he'd probably be one of the few fans, people who could handle we, it. We would love yeah. it, right? Football fans would love that narrative, right? That you, you have you have a guy in Bill Belichick who, uh, you know, obviously, you know, was part of a dynasty. I'll call it part of a dynasty. I'm not going to act like Bill Belichick is the end all be all, you know, outside of Tom Brady in New England. But 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 it, I, I think it would be intriguing to to have Belichick end up on the other coast. And and uh, end up being the head Mahomes coach in the, the Chiefs two times a year. You know, that would be delusional. If, if I were no, you. I'm not. But TV, I'm not even talking about like the you know about that that prospect of what you have to face in the division. I'm just talking about like no, I'm talking about as a as, fan. That would be NFL fun to fan see. that has yeah. no say. You know, that doesn't have a dog in the fight. I, I, I'm saying the same I want, thing. I'd love to see it. I'm know? saying I'm yeah. saying the same thing. Like as a fan, that would be so juicy to see get to get that matchup twice a year. But. There's a name for the Raiders head coaching job that we haven't mentioned, and I, I know Mark has a story that we want to get to before we get out of here, so right. I'll be quick. Um, Eric Bieniemy, 
Now, he's a name that's tossed around every year, but he's going to check a bunch of boxes because, first of all, Ron Rivera is probably out in D.C. Mm-hmm. And if if Biennemi doesn't get that job, which I don't know that he necessarily would want, and they bring in a new guy, you're probably not keeping the same coordinators. You're going to bring in new guys. Biennemi is going to be on the prowl once again. He fi- he's got he had Sam Howell and now uh, who came in as the backup this week uh, for the, for the what commanders? Yeah. Wow, it's off the top of my head. I'm I'm, but, I'm blanking on. But it. but the, but the, he he has put together good offenses yeah. for a team that has has had issues in that department. Was it Heineke? You no, know, no. Heineke's in Atlanta. Okay. But my point being, he he deserves a shot as a head coach. We've been saying it for a while. And if there was a team to take a shot on somebody like mm-hmm. that, you had Josh McDaniels, who everybody was like, oh yeah, he's supposed to be the offensive genius, but he's not. And also, you get to bring him back into the same division as the Chiefs, and also there is the there is the racial element. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark, like Mark Davis, the Raiders have a history of promoting people of color as their coaches, and it, it would be it would be great to finally see him get a shot. Right. And the Raiders would be a team that would definitely be one to go ahead and do that. All right, Marco, talk to us. What do you got, my friend? So, real quick, at the FSW Arena, uh, my co-host Steve, a difference who runs the Headlocks and Hearts charity, yeah. uh, put on a charity card down there. And uh, I was stuffed in a Santa Claus suit. And uh, we cut a little promo. The Grinch came out. I was out there with Rocky T, who's one you know associated with FSW and David. And uh, you know, we were trying to give some stuff out to the kids, and the Grinch showed up. That son of a gun took my bag. And two clotheslines later and oh, some man. kicks to the ribs. And he was out of there. We need video of this. <laughs> this has to get tweeted there, out. From there the is video. Radio We're right trying to get it as soon as we can. But uh, we took care of But a massive toy drive. Uh, we had toys lined up all in huge boxes all around the ring. And uh, just wanted to tell everybody, you know, that if you'd like to make a donation to Headlocks and Hearts, uh, those toys uh, went to the uh, Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youths. So if you want to make a donation, go to headlocksandhearts.org. You can make a donation to the organization. You can still get toys to David. Uh, but it was an awesome time. It was my in-ring debut. Not a match. <laughs> not a match. But uh, and I want to thank uh, Rocky T, David Difference, and uh, MK. The evil manager of FSW, who I planted some kicks in the ribs. That's our fantastic producer, Mark Hoke. He's the host of the Mark Hoke Show. Catch it! Sundays, 8 to 10 a.m., folks, right here on K-Don. Thomas Viola, always great to have you live here in studio. Bounce around a few things. Oh, it goes so fast, though, right? When you're talking about a two-hour stretch across the board. Thanks to our guest, uh, Kevin Bollinger, as well, too, from Fox 5. Kent Thompson back tomorrow night for a Fat Tuesday edition Gentlemen, I think we did a very solid job. You know KT likes to give us some flack. It is SportsX Radio coming here live. Have a great Monday night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. It's 101.5 FM and streaming at the Odyssey app.